This is Untitled MMA. Untitled MMA Podcast, May 15th, 2019, coming off of UFC 237. I got the date right, couldn't remember the pay-per-view number. But, uh, yeah, coming off UFC 237, finally have some fight news for once. So, this might be a longer one this week. Yeah, we'll see. I'm Buju. I am Brendan. I am Bryce. Bryce is definitely me. (laughs) Um... Before we get into the fight news, there's three big fights I want to I want to talk about. I think we'll have a lot on all three of them. But uh, this past weekend, Rose Nama Yunus versus Jessica Andrade in Brazil for Rose's 115th pound belt. Rose got dumped on her dome piece, knocked the fuck out. Jessica Andrade becomes the 115 pound champion of the world. Yes, um, I just want to say last week I wrote an article: Was Rose the we- is Rose the weakest champion? Uh, the spoiler said that it was. I was right. She lost. Praise me, please. No. Wow. Um, I will not. Rose was winning the first round. I wasn't expecting her to look as good as she did. Yeah, and that was what I was about to say, is that I really wasn't right in the sense that she looked really, really good, which, I mean, all champions should, but she looked as good as she did against Joanna, which shows, like, I mean, she's very legit, but she still got dumped on her head because she wouldn't let go of the submission. The thing was that worked the first time. I think she was expecting it to work again. Yeah. It just very much didn't. Yeah, she got, <laughs> she got dumped, dumped on her head. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were complaining for days after, afterwards about should that be legal or not. When no one's ever said anything about people getting dumped on their heads before, as long as I can remember. They're asking because it was a female fighter. Yeah. They're unknowingly being like looking at it in a different way because it's a female fighter. I was busy, so I didn't watch it, but I still haven't even seen highlight videos. Tommy, two proms over here. I still haven't seen it, so I don't I'll pull up the highlight. I tried to go through, like, MMA Twitters, like, MMA Junkie and all that crap. and like Yeah, nope. you got to go uh, unofficial Twitters. Yeah. Because and there was nothing, so I couldn't find anything, so I just gave up. I really wanted to watch it, though. You're about to watch it. I'm trying to um, it. So, I mean, long story short, and what he's about to show you, um, earlier in the fight... Jessica Andrash picks up Rose and is going for a slam, but Rose gets a hold of her arm for a Kimura, and so she ends up having to shift in it. In mid-air Kimura? Mi- yeah, in that's, the air. She was pulling it. Yeah. Um, and it, it wasn't, like, really in, but it was enough to where she had to adjust everything. Um, she does it again. This time, Andrash doesn't have to adjust because she doesn't have a great uh, positioning. Dumps her on her head her in her neck. She gets knocked out. She gets knocked by the slam? Yeah, by the slam. That's vicious. Yeah, it was. I it I took thought, a few seconds for me to realize what happened. The way I read it, it seemed like uh, what round did she get finished in? First, second, oh. second. Because it seemed like the way I read it, Rose was handling the, her the whole fight until that happened, and then it's just like she rocked her and then TKO'd her. Yeah, I'm, I would say that Rose was definitely landing the better combinations up to that point. Jessica Andrade had landed a couple strikes, but it was just a couple versus. I mean. 
It was like Joanna fighting anyone else for the last couple of years. This is a weirdly hard video to find. Or like a Max type of fight. Yeah, a lot like that. Here it is. Brendan is w- witnessing the video for the first time. Looks like she could have died from that. Yeah. I mean, it was a scary moment. It was, I but it wasn't until after I saw the replay. Yeah. Like, you just knew she got slammed and knocked out. Yeah. And Rose kind of, like, popped up pretty quick. Yeah. She was, like, she was trying, she was out of it, but she was trying to defend after she got slammed. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she was out cold or anything. But still, you get dumped on your head, you weigh 115 pounds. It's probably never a great thing. Yeah, it's probably never a great thing. It doesn't matter how much you weigh, but. Yeah, she's very, that looks like some, like, injury you'd see in a football where they would never walk again. Right. Um, and then after the fight, Rose makes the comment where she's, like, she was relieved. She's glad she doesn't have to deal with the stress of being the cha- a champion anymore. Mm-hmm. And I guess she said, I don't know if it was in the post-fight press conference or in a statement or whatever after the fight, she said that she kind of just wants to move on and do something else. She's mentioned before she wants to buy a ranch and just live a peaceful life. Yeah. So maybe the end of Rose that quick. Yeah. and That seems like a very Rose thing to do since she's the most down-to-earth person. She yeah. definitely seems like she would buy a ranch. Yeah, it does. Have cows, maybe a couple pigs. Cows specifically? <laughs> yeah. I feel like she'd be a cattle farmer. The same is like I could see that for Rose. I can't see that for Pat Barry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Barry, he probably goes into the city and trains MMA <laughs> fighters. Uh it sucks if Rose is gone. I enjoy watching Rose. Um but at the same time, she's kind of fought at everybody in the division already. She has and she beat Joanna twice. Mm-hmm. She just lost to Andrage. She's had two with the spars already, I wanna say. Did she fight? Did they have a rematch? They, I, I feel like they did fight at one point. They fought for the original belt, but I'm saying did they fight after that? That's a good question. I don't remember. But, I mean, she's fought pretty much anybody who matters in that division now. What was she going to do, go up and fight Shevchenko? I, didn't, I don't see that happening. So, she kind of did most of what she was going to do. Obviously, there were still fights to be had. But, if she doesn't want to do it anymore, obviously, the move is to go do what you want to do. And if living on a ranch with Pat Barry is that the move? You go do that. Um, Bryce is pulling up if she fought Carlos Barza, so I don't want to move on from Rose quite yet to talk about Jessica Andrash. I'm not seeing it. Okay. So I made that up. Yep. In my head, they rematched and Rose won. So, <laughs> uh, But Jessica Andrash, I, I like her more and more with every fight. She looked very – she was losing in the first round, but – She fought her fight, though, at the same time. And that's a you've never seen a, a UFC women's title fight end that way, and I don't know of any UFC women's fight that's ended that way. Jessica Andrade, it seems like every time she's in the cage, you see something a little different. She had the loss earlier in her career to Joanna, but she's bounced back from that and is one of the top two or three women's fighters in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it opens the door for a rematch for Joanna. We'll see how that goes, but right now. Nothing to take away from Jessica Andrade. Yeah, and I mean, this is also a girl that before they made the 115-pound weight class, she fought at Bantamweight and mm-hmm. beat legitimate fighters. She beat Rocky Pennington at Bantamweight. Right. And I, w- I would be interested to see what she could do against Shevchenko. I think their styles match up pretty interestingly. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't, like don't want to see that yet. No. I want to see her defend the 115-pound belt for a while. Yeah. But I if think... it comes to that point, because Shevchenko's going to clean out whatever skeleton of division that is 125 pretty quick mm-hmm. and Andrade will have two maybe three legit fights defending the 115 belt before she's kind of running out of options so eventually if that who fight, says she's the champion that long 
I mean, if yeah, if the, everything shakes out the way you would expect you would expect it to do is her, with her as the champion, Shevchenko as a dominant champion, 125. If things were to go that way, I think that's a very intriguing fight down the road. I don't want it yet. Although I would pick Shevchenko every single time. I don't think Andrade is going to be a dominant champion. Andrade. I mean, looking at the division. Proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the division, though, like, Joanna, do you think she loses? You you thought Joanna was going to do it? What happened? You thought Rose might have done it? Joanna did do it. True, but it always comes to an end. Dominant champions. Oh. She's not going to be dominant. At most three. Do you think she beats Joanna in a rematch? Maybe, but she doesn't. Who do you think she loses to at 115 pounds? Probably Ioana. Anyone else? But there's going to be upcoming fighters, I feel like. Uh, what, uh, Random Marcos? Is she 115 or? Oh, probably. I'm pulling up the rankings. But I don't... I, I'm telling you, we need to always have them pulled yeah, up. Yeah, we should. Rosnam Yunus, Tatiana Suarez, no. Nina Ansarov, no. Ioana, maybe. Claudia, no. Wiley Zhang, Michelle Waterson, Tisha Torres, Carlos Barza, Carolina Kovacavich. I think that uh, a really good stand-up fighter is her best bet. Like, I think Joanna is probably... I would probably pick Joanna just because I think her takedown defense is better than Rose's. And all she has... I don't think that Andrade would finish it yeah. on the ground. Because Rose was winning the fight before that happened. Like, she, I think Rose was winning every minute up until then. Yeah. And... Andrade can get inside, and she can hit you hard. She can hit you with bombs. But Ioana dealt with it the first time, and if you're losing to Rose standing up, granted Rose beat Ioana standing up, but MMA math doesn't really work that way. Right. Ioana's going to piece you up, and uh, that's kind of what she did the first time. Mm-hmm. So and that's why, exact, just because we saw that fight, I feel like I would pick Ioana in that. With that being said, though, I wouldn't be surprised. If... And the thing is, Ioana probably has to win another fight before she even gets to Jessica. And also, we have to see if she can make that weight cut with her new yeah, additions. Yeah, with her. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I forgot Ioana got a boob job. <laughs> I don't know why you guys were saying it, but I was. Gonna I say said. It. I was just trying to think of a funny way to say it because Bryce stole additions. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a. A joke, but at the same time, it's a real thing. She might not be able to get back down to 115. Yeah, because it was, uh, according to her, like a tough weight cut before. And then she goes and adds, I don't know how much those would weigh, but it I, adds yeah. weight. Yeah, I mean, it's, she like you said, she was on the line before. So even if they weigh a collective half a pound, I have no idea. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And so, I mean, we'll see how it uh, shakes out for Joanna. I hope I, I love Ioana and Jacek. I hope it happens, but she's got to get to 115 with her new additions, and she's got to get a win probably before she even has a shot at the belt again. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Other than Ioana, though, I mean, I think Tatiana Suarez could. <sighs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I've seen her fight a few times, but it's just a matter of it'll be a grappling match, and. Because, I mean, Tatiana Suarez is an Olympic-caliber wrestler, whereas Andrade is just a very good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Where do you think Andrade ranks among the best women in the UFC right now? I mean, she's got to be top five. With Nunes, obviously, Shevchenko, obviously. Who else? Cyborg. Cyborg. Is she still in the UFC? For our purposes, yes. Yeah. um, I think it's tough after that. I mean, Andrade, obviously. Would you put Rose up there still? Would you put Yohan yeah, up there still? I'd put those two up there, but after those like six, mm-hmm. there's kind of a steep drop off. Yeah. There's obviously people coming up in divisions, but 
So I guess moving on to the co-main event from this weekend, you had Anderson Silva and Jared Cannonier. Uh, up until the the finish. Oh, hold on, though. Uh, before we do leave the main event, we never really talked about it. Do you think the slam should be illegal? Because people say that it should be. No, I'm fine with it. I think soccer kick should be legal, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, I feel like, especially because... It was... As long as you're not, like, picking somebody up and fucking tombstoning them right on the top of their dome exactly. piece. Exactly, and that's what the rule is. Right. If there's an arc, or if they don't land straight, it, right. you have to go straight up and down for it to be illegal. Because it's not even like Andrade was trying to dump her on her head. She was yeah. just trying to dump her, and it just ended up the way it did. Exactly. So unless it's like there's malicious intent where you're trying to spike somebody's head off the canvas, then I have no problem with it at all. It's a fucking fight. I agree, and literally that's what it's about because if that would become illegal, that's something a fighter has to think about when they have someone picked up in the air. Right. So. Um, agreed. The co-main event, Anderson Silva, Jared Cannonier. It was just kind of whatever up until the finish. Cannonier was winning, but not necessarily dominant. Anderson was just kind of 2019 Anderson. And then Cannonier lands an inside leg kick. Anderson checks it, and he, his leg comes like back, and he plants it. It didn't look like he checked it. It looked like he kind of just... Well, it, it his leg him. was up in the air, and he came back and like took a step back, planted the leg. And it took like half a second before he reacted and then eventually collapsed. Mm -hmm. I thought it was Anderson Silva doing a classic spider fake out for when it first happened. Right. And then he like tried to stand up, couldn't stand up, tried to defend, um, and he was legitimately hurt. But I guess there's no injury. So maybe it was an Anderson thing. And uh... So it was like, I, I don't know if I'm too woke right now. Was Anderson faking it? I, I would doubt it. I, I feel like he might have felt something. Like, I don't know what he would have to gain from that, but what the fuck happened? Yeah, I, dude, you and I... Because he was at, like, the only time we've ever seen Anderson in more pain is when his fucking leg snapped in half. Yes, without a doubt. It was weird. I don't get what happened. It, if, it was especially a very if no weird sequence, without a doubt. But, I don't know. I don't know what happened, and I don't know how we would ever know because only Anderson really does. The Brazilian crowd booing Jared Cannonier after the fight was over. That was trash. I mean Get your shit together, Brazil. That's the Brazilian way. It is. Not to say like the Brazilian way is trash, but that's they're they're always gonna support their obviously their nationality despite it being reasonable, I guess you could yeah. say. I mean it would be one thing if Cannonier like did something malicious, but I mean, it was an inside leg kick. <laughs> Gatekeeper to malicious. And they immediately you start... said it. Not Did us. I say something about he, your... He, he, he oh. said gate... Oh. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Brennan's used gatekeeper more recently than me. But I get, like, Anderson... Huh? No, that doesn't count. <laughs> that was a quote. Um, but Anderson goes down. The crowd immediately starts booing. And I guess Cannoneer, like, put his... My headphones just fell all the way off. Yeah. Put his hand to his ear like this, like, soaking in the booze, like, let me hear it or whatever. Yeah. But even then, like, like they were already booing at that point. And it was loud. Like, it, we could hear it on the broadcast, kind of, mm -hmm. because they had the audience turned down a lot, which I don't like. I wish I could hear the audience better. I honestly, like, I want the crowd mic up, like, yeah. actual level. Yeah, I want to actually hear it exactly. Um, but, like, from a Twitter video, they were loud. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... I, I have no problem with what Cannoneer did. At least he didn't completely insult the people like Cole right. Covington did. He just kind of stood there, let him boo for a second. He's like, all right, all right, I see how it is. Yeah. And then, 
he kind of ju- uh called him out on in his post fight mm-hmm. uh interview, but I don't know how well that was uh interpreted. Yeah, I would hope not. You super have well. that this translator. If anybody who watches weekend's card, the translate this Portuguese translator that the UFC uses. What I say? Translator. What's the difference? Uh, interpreter is the spoken word. Translator is written. Stay woke. Fuck off, dude. This translator that they use, <sighs> he's trash. Yeah, he is trash. The interpreter. Interpreter. The, tra- this, the white, slimy-looking translator dude is trash. Yeah, he's... I don't like him. Get the guy that looks like he's Italian. Yeah, they use car sales. <laughs> yeah, get him all the time. <laughs> um... I, there's not really much else to say because Cannonier was beating Anderson Silva, but of course he should have beat Anderson Silva, and there was nothing that really jumped out to me. I still think he's a legitimate contender at 185. I think he can do things, but there's just not a lot to say coming off of this one. I feel like Jerry Jer- Cannonier could win a belt. I think so, too. I think he's at that level. I don't know if he beats Yoel or Israel or I think Whitaker, he's right up there, though. But, yeah, I think he's on the level. He definitely has the power to knock out any of them. Anderson's got to retire, right? He's got to. He's, he absolutely has to. Like, we're past, like... The Israel fight, we were all like, okay, Anderson's still got a little bit left in him. But I didn't was, think he did. We, I literally, I think I said it literally after that, that that was just a matchup from heaven. A tentative guy that respected him way too much and let him try to fight his best fight. If anything, if Anderson has to fight again, give him a tomato can, let him go out on top. But even then, if he's having like weird phantom knee injuries where his knee gives out on him and he can't fucking stand on it despite there being no actual injury, like he probably shouldn't be in the cage. Yeah, I agree. So, Anderson Silva, retire, bitch. <laughs> That's gonna. Speaking of uh, retire, bitch, BJ Penn, retire, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Oh man, that was so bad. That was awful. And Clay Guida not being able to finish him was also bad. Clay Guida, retire, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, legit. Like, if he took that fight, he had to know if he wanted to gain anything, he had to finish him, and he didn't. Uh, and then before we move on from this card, a very eh performance from Jose Aldo. Yeah, that was it. Was really weird. It's kind of crazy that a Jose Aldo fight is an afterthought. We've gotten to that point now, mm-hmm. and Jose Aldo lost at that. It was just kind of he was just kind of in there. Volkanovski fought his fight. Volkanovski won. Yeah, yeah. by unanimous decision. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Where was I at? That's wild. I mean, I can tell you where you were at. I also told you the result, but you were probably busy. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just kind of a. Another whatever fight. Like, Volkanovski controlled the whole thing. Jose Aldo was never really in it. Yeah, he just seemed to be way too tentative and didn't really push forward at all. Like, he was kind of waiting for the counters that never came. I mean, Volkanovski was... He wasn't overly, like, active, but he was pushing the action enough. Jose Aldo didn't fight. Yeah. And he said afterwards it was, was the worst performance of his career. But that's Now that's what makes it weird that Max has the fight with uh, Edgar and not Volkanovski. Oh, well, I'm gonna talk. I guess we can go ahead and move into that now. Mm. Bryce has takes. Hot take. I'm fine with this. Hot take. That's a hot, uh, garbage take. Or actually, that's probably not that hot of a take. That I don't think. I mean, Frankie Edgar doesn't deserve it. I would never th- think that I would ever say Frankie Edgar doesn't deserve a title shot. But Alexander Volkanovsky deserves it without a doubt. I agree. Alexander Volkanovsky is the most deserving contender. I def- I think it's not even close. I like, agree with that. I, I don't, don't think that there's a legitimate argument besides money that Frankie Edgar gets this shot right now. This, go you're ahead, saying Brandon. you're saying that now until fucking Edgar beats fucking Max and you're shitty. I mean, he definitely can. I'm just saying by what they have both done recently. No, I'm talking about Buju. Oh no, I think 
Because I think Edgar's pretty fucking scary for her. I agree. To me, the thing Max. is, Frankie Edgar's a legitimate legend in MMA, right? Yes. We were everybody was fine with Michael Bisping. Well, not everybody. Yeah. We were all fine with Michael Bisping versus Dan Henderson when that happened. It made sense. In, yeah. But those are two old, old Alzheimer's. Yeah. But Frankie Edgar doesn't have that long left. And like I said, this fight was supposed to happen twice already. Volkanovski just fought. He's gonna have. A, he was in the. He's in the it's hospital not, right now. It's not like Edgar still could have got the shot after. I mean, you don't know what Max is gonna do after. But I think another. They're talking. Fight. Max is saying he wants to stay active this year. Obviously, he wanted to fight in July. Frankie Edgar's available. Volkanovski wasn't. And it's not we like Frankie Edgar's some fucking chump. Yeah. Like, he's the second most deserving guy right now, probably. Yeah, probably. I don't so, know who else. I mean, Brian Ortega would be up there, but Max just beat him. Jose Aldo just lost. So, I'm fine with it. I, either way, the guy that didn't get the shot, whether it would have been Edgar or Volkanovski, they both can wait and get the title shot next. Either way, they both have a title shot coming if they sit out and don't lose a fight or if they fight again and win. So... I mean, nobody really got screwed. It's not like that big of a deal, but like Bryce was saying, Volkanovski definitely deserves it a lot more, so he should have got the fight, but... I agree that he deserves it more. It was awkward timing, too, like right before it happened. Not Like, it would have been different if it was like a month before or something, but like... I mean, he ended up fighting Poirier, but I think the timing of scheduling the fight is weird. That's what I'm saying. I thought it was weird that it happened the, like a day after everyone was talking about how Volkanovski is pretty much the undisputed number one contender. Which means this fight was already in the works. Yeah. So, I um, as, as far as the fight itself goes, it's probably the toughest matchup Max has in that weight division right now. Him and Volkanovski, they fight very similar. Him and uh, Edgar. Yeah. But Frankie's like... We've seen Frankie do it. I guess Volkanovski just get it, did it against Jose Aldo. But I feel like if Volkanovski fights... The same fight he did against Jose Aldo against Max, Max wins. I think Max cruises in that fight, honestly. But Frankie Edgar, I mean, we've seen him give problems to almost everybody's fought except Jose Aldo. This is where MMA math shows how much it doesn't work. And he's a dog in the cage. I mean, he's relentless. Cardio off the fucking charts. Uh, He can knock you out. He knocked out Chad Mendez a couple years ago. But uh, a tough matchup for Max Holloway. I say if when this fight happens, assuming no one pulls out, I think I'm I would right now pick Max by knockout. I think Max probably or TKO. I think he's yeah. not, he doesn't have one punch. Knockout I think Max out. puts him away in like probably late third, fourth round. Yeah, but I still think it's a very tough matchup for I Frankie Edgar. Very well could win. I'm not discounting Frankie Edgar at all. I wonder if there's early odds out on that yet. Um. But and I looked up Frankie Edgar's um, tapology. Mm-hmm. His last fight was April of last year, so we're talking by the time fight rolls around in July, like a year and a half almost off. And before that, he had gotten knocked out by Brian Ortega, and it was a decision victory over Cub Swanson. I just feel like, but that's like that's kind of what Frankie does, though. He takes you down, grinds you, grinds you out. He, I don't think he's gonna be able to do that against Max. But it's kind of what he does. Yeah. I can't fault him for having it, and it was a dominant decision win too. It's still though. I just it sucks. And I mean, I also I don't know how bad this thing is with Volkanovski right now. He's in a hospital in Chile. Yeah, it sounds so, bad. Yeah, I don't know what exactly. Like legs and feet are really swollen and mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, hopefully he gets good and he can fight for that strap at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, keep at Max or keep the champ active. Yeah, that's I, fucking awesome. That's the. Th- Max wants to stay active. If Volkanovski wasn't ready now, I can't be mad that they gave him another fight. And I would rather it was Frankie Edgar than, like, 
Hanato Moicano who's coming off a loss or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Definitely want to keep the title fights rolling. All fights rolling. You know what I mean? And that's on... That's the late July pay-per-view. Is anybody else on that yet? I don't think so, right? So that's probably a headliner. Where was that? Anaheim? No. That was Pettis. Bryce is looking it up. That's why I'm... This is in uh, Edmonton. Is Pettis pay-per-view? Yeah. And this is currently the... So what would that be? Like, co-main? I don't know. Probably. What? Pettis versus Diaz, which is the next fight. Yeah, it is. Um, But this is 240. So far, the only two fights announced for that is this, which is going to be the main event, and then Brian Ortega against Zabit. Oh, okay. That's that's Those are both very good. I think Brian Ortega wins easily. I think we talked about that already. But, um, so yeah, the next fight, Brennan just mentioned it. Anthony Pettis versus Nate Diaz is the co-main event for the August pay-per-view card to 41 or whatever the fuck it is. Yes. I've lost track of the numbers. I cannot yeah, keep up with them. Yeah, I was just anymore. thinking about that. It's like I cannot keep up with the numbers, right? No. The pay-per-view numbers. Um, so, yeah, Anthony Pettis, obviously Brennan's favorite fighter, top five of mine, top eight-ish of Bryce's. Yeah. We just saw him knock out Wonder Boy live in Nashville. So a uh, big fight for the crew and obviously now a big fight for the UFC. Anthony Pettis number eight, I believe, at welterweight. Uh, against a returning Nate Diaz, his last two fights were against Conor McGregor. He was supposed to. What fight. is he at lightweight? Uh, he's he's probably, out. Yeah, he's probably not in the rankings. Um, but yeah, big fight for us. Big fight in the UFC and a huge fight for Anthony Pettis. Not so much Nate Diaz. I don't feel like. No. But uh, Anthony Pettis wins this title contention instantly. Mm. I mean, he's still one or two wins. I think. But I, if you put away Nate Diaz, I, this is contingent on a finish or like a dominant performance. It puts you up there. Yeah. I mean, this Nate Diaz is as big of a fight that you can have outside of Conor McGregor and fucking John Jones. Like he's on that second tier of draw in the UFC. Yeah, you're right. And for one, I don't think he's gonna put away Nate Diaz unless it's somehow a sub. We'll talk and, about that in a second. Um. Mm. And two, I forgot my second point, so maybe we should just move on. <laughs> we're saying how big of a fight this is for like our fandom purposes. I think this is big nationally, like we were just saying. Nate Nate Diaz is a good ass fucking draw, and so is Pettis, a former champ. So I think it's a it's a really good co-main that's not a title fight because it's going to be a really fun fight, and it's two big names. Okay, I remember my second point. My second point is that uh, Usman has a couple fights that he probably needs to do before yeah. then. I'm not saying he's got he's getting the next title shot. I'm saying it puts him on that level. And I don't even know if it's at welterweight. I think if he beats Nate Diaz, depending on how lightweight shakes out, because you have so many guys you don't know when they're going to be around, he's also one fight away from a title shot of lightweight if he wants it. Yeah. I think that it, it I, puts him in a position, but I, I'm i going to say this right now. Anthony Pettis will never again be a UFC champion. Best case for Anthony Pettis right now is Rafael Dos Anjos wins this weekend against Kevin Lee. Mm-hmm. Pettis beats Nate Diaz in August. And then those two finally have their rematch, like Pettis mentioned. And then he's in title contention. I mean, then he's right there, whatever division that may be at. Right. Probably Uh, welterweight, because that would be three straight fights at welterweight. And the biggest point of all this is I'm not believing this fight's happening until they're both in the cage because Nate Diaz is involved. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Even though he wasn't the one that pulled out of his last scheduled fight. Right, but I mean, I I know there was still time to go too yes. for him to do. I'm so surprised that it got scheduled in the first place. Like I thought it was 100 percent set in stone that he's gonna wait for RDA or something else, and then he got somebody that he even mentioning about fighting in Nate Diaz. And the thing, and that shows that Pettis is like in the mode to stay active too, which is a very good sign. 
And also the fact that uh, Pettis is saying, is saying how like emotional he is for this, or how personal it is for the him. I didn't even know like they had a history. Yeah, what is the history? Did you read it? Um, fuck, I just read it last night. You, you told me something that? about he, Pettis was getting ready for. Oh, like Pettis would see him, and they always had like altercations. And yeah, stuff. I, it might be coming like when uh, Pettis fought Gilbert Melendez. Mm-hmm. It might branch from that. I don't know. Oh, I think I was reading something. Oh, don't they? Yeah, Gilbert and the uh-huh. Diaz brothers are okay. That maybe would make sense. maybe you didn't tell me, but Pettis said something about Nate being like jealous or whatever of him being the champ. And every time they saw each other, they were like it was always like an argument or something, and like a fight was always like wanting for them both to happen, just never mm-hmm. got scheduled. I think it's a great fight. It makes sense for both of them. Nate with coming off his return, Pettis trying to make a run, but not really committed to a weight class, sort of like Nate. So, um, the only thing that scares me in this fight, well, and again, not really scares me because it's only three round fight, but still, but Diaz's fucking gas tank is unbelievable compared to Pettis. I think who goes gases in the second round, but we haven't seen round. Pettis go deep into a fight at welterweight yet, which yeah. could be more. I mean, you don't know. It could be either worse or better than the, the thing. He was able to knock out Wonder Boy in the second. Yeah, late second round, right? I think it was late second. Right? We, put, we should know that. Which is also a, at least he should. It was the second for sure. It was the second, but uh, and it was as the round was expiring. Even though he did knock him out, you also have to consider the fact that all his big wins, like that Gilbert, he was losing the fight until like mm-hmm. he's relying on a finish to win. Can he pull off a decision win? Like which might most likely need to happen again in the Diaz fight, in my personal opinion. Here's I feel th- like it's going to a decision. Here's the thing with me in this fight is. Pettis just moved up to welterweight for the first time. He fought somebody who was significantly bigger for the first time in Wonderboy. And while Wonderboy was winning the fight, he was doing a decent job at keeping Pettis at length. Nate Diaz's style isn't com- comparable at all to Wonderboy. It's not even in the same fucking universe. Even as two primarily stand-up guys, they're not even in the same universe. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, Pettis isn't going to have his hands up. He's not going to really be worried about keeping Pettis at distance. He's not going to use any leg kicks outside of maybe leg kicks, which is something that Pettis has to utilize in this fight. He has to fucking rip leg kicks in there. Yes. On Nate, who stands very heavy leg, heavy-footed, whatever you want to call it, especially on his front leg. And I feel like Nate's susceptible to body kicks, which is something that Pettis was having success with in the Wonder Boy fight. The only thing that worries me is that we haven't seen Nate get put away. And while Pettis not necessarily like the biggest knockout guy, that is how he just beat the most comparable opponent to Nate, which is Wonder Boy. You know what and I mean? He had never been finished. Right, and Wonder Boy had never been knocked out. So I, there's a lot of X factors in this fight. I think it's a winnable fight for Pettis. Uh, Diaz will probably be the favorite, I assume. I think the odds should be so fucking close. Like, and the thing almost is, almost a pick 'em fight. Diaz is also coming off opinion. of a two-year Long layoff. Layoff, yeah. So. I don't, it's a winnable fight for Pettis. I feel like a lot of people are going to count him out in this one just like they did in the Wonder Boy fight. But I'm very much on the uh, on the train that Pettis could win this fight, and once it comes down to making the pick for the fight, I very well could end up picking Pettis again. Definitely picking Pettis. I think, the, to me, what this boils down to is, like Brendan said, he was losing these fights that he ends up coming from behind and winning mm-hmm. and finishing. And I don't know if he's going to be able to put out Nate, because I mean, we saw what Conor McGregor did with Nate at 170 twice. And talking about, and he hurt him, but I def, I definitely think this fight's going to a decision. Talking about their gas tanks, I think it's a it helps Pettis if this is three rounds instead of five. Yes, it by well, mind. obviously, yeah. because like Conor McGregor has a has, has power. Anthony Pettis doesn't, 
and Nate went five rounds with Conor McGregor. He got dropped a few times, but he wasn't. He didn't get put away by Conor. Although I feel like if Conor McGregor had the ground game that Anthony Pettis did, he might have tried to put him away. That's if Pettis can get Diaz to the ground either by taking him down or dropping him. Yeah. So it's a winnable fight for Pettis, and I will. It, it's winnable, but die on that I, hill. I just feel like Bryce is picking Diaz when it comes to. We'll see. I I will never root for Nate Diaz in my life. So uh, I'd have a hard time. And then the last big fight announcement, Cowboy Cerrone versus Tony Ferguson will be the co-main event for UFC 238 in Chicago. So who's the main event? Cejudo and Marlon Marais. That's a good co-main. They need a good co-main for they that They do fight. need a good co-main for that main event. Um, uh, I. Th- it's a great fight. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that Tony's jumping back in as soon as he is after everything that happened with the mental illness stuff and the restraining order with his wife and he was supposed to be getting help and everything i mean we're already three weeks away from this fight Mm -hmm. so what happened to the help that he was getting he's in fight camp now if he feels ready and i'm assuming he got some sort of clearance by somebody so i think he's fucking crazy he's definitely crazy like i think a lot of people at the top of the sport are but i know what you mean like like I think what it literally was was like a flip of the switch. Like he just turned the light on, and now he thinks he's like one hundred percent fine again. I'm uh, honestly, that's probably the most likely scenario. And then, as far as from a uh, contender standpoint, it feels like if he just wants to wait around, he's probably going to get a title shot very soon. Yeah. Now he's fighting an extremely dangerous guy in Cowboy Cerrone, and I think he probably loses this fight. I'm picking Cowboy when it comes time. I might pick Cowboy too. I think Tony's overrated. Like. We've seen Tony get rocked. He got knocked by rocked by fucking Anthony Pettis. Yeah, and don't, now he's don't fun. don't don't say it like that. You know what I mean, though. And Cowboy Cerrone, if he gets hit with a Cowboy Cerrone switch kick, I mean that's most trouble. In that I think Ferguson's division. very overrated. Do what? I think he's overrated. I think Tony. I might pick Cowboy too. I think Tony's probably the second best fighter at lightweight. He just he chinny. doesn't a little chinny. But we, and again, and we haven't even seen him get put away. But he's just like he gets rocked every time. Band again, Tony. I, I consider Tony very clutch I, yeah, in fights. I think about Vanata. While Donald Cerrone is not. That's fair too. Donald Cerrone doesn't win the big one, but yeah. I don't know. I but, feel I feel like the but, cards are in Cerrone's favor here. But Dad Boy Cerrone, Dad Boy, Dad like Boy. It. Yeah, the Cowboy undefeated as a dad. Is Tony People Ferguson? Don't talk about it. Is Tony Ferguson's middle name Alexander? Because he'd be <laughs> fucking really in trouble then. <laughs> that is a, a very good point. Um, look that up. But yeah, I, that's an awesome fight. And while I think it's uh, Armand, is it? Yeah. Uh, while while it's a fuck, where was I going? I think it's a great fight. And while I think Cowboy has uh, the advantage, it's super close, and the winner probably gets the title shot after Poirier. Sure. Probably if Poirier is getting the title shot, yeah, we still don't know because. I'm un- I'm staying woke and Conor McGregor's fighting in Abu Dhabi. I hope not. I'd kill myself. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that covers fight news. This last weekend's card. Anything else anybody wanted to touch on? Oh, Conor's charges got dropped. Yeah, because uh, the victim was made whole by McGregor's camp. Which means he got a nice check. <laughs> <laughs> Red panty night, baby. Uh, if anyone thought that anything was going to actually happen... I thought it was like I was extremely confident it was just going to be community service. Yeah, if yeah, and he might have decided, you know what, I'll just pay my way out of getting yeah. community service. Bought here. him a new phone, probably some AirPods or something. Sent him on his way. Yeah, uh, maybe let him actually get that video. 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that covers everything. We can probably go ahead and get to um, get into picks unless Bryce has something. one thing I wanted to bring up um, because, and I forgot to do it when we were talking about Rose earlier. Um, her stepping out at what seems to be really early in her career. Another guy that just retired, Tom Duquesnois. Is that how you say that name? Oh yeah, Fire Kid. Yeah. Um, he's 25. He's fighting out of France. I really liked him. He was two and one in the UFC, and his only loss of his career. He said he couldn't develop or devote full time to training. I just feel like a lot more often we're seeing guys retire early to pursue other avenues. Rather, so I feel like now it seems that the sport is getting to a point where it's a means to an end rather than people just love to fight like Chuck Liddell who fought last year. And, like, Duquesne Wall was a legit prospect for his first UFC fight, it felt like. And then he kind of faded away, even though that was, I think that was his most impressive performance in the UFC, I feel like, was his first one. Was his last fight the loss? No, his second fight. That's what I thought. I, he was an exciting fighter. He was a big prospect, like I said. And retiring at 25 is a weird move, but it kind of makes, if you've seen him fight and you knew the hype, it kind of makes sense that he felt like he couldn't dedicate his full time, full, he couldn't dedicate to a full training schedule or whatever, because it never felt like he reached the potential that he had. Even though he did have some impressive performances, it still felt like he was leaving something on the table, especially in the loss. Mm -hmm. So, And also, I think that, for one, he was a model on the side, he's a very good looking man. So Confirmed. that could definitely be something that he is pursuing. I don't blame guys for not wanting to get beat up for a living. I really don't. I wonder what his UFC contract is like because if, if he retires, quote-unquote, his contract with the UFC freezes. But if like he has one fight left or something, is maybe he trying is he trying to angle to get out of the UFC, maybe go to one, get a paycheck, go to Bellator or something? I don't know, but I'm that could be part of it too. Right, and it could be. Um, but... Just something I thought about that uh, we've seen a couple, like Rose talking about leaving and mm -hmm. Conor McGregor, obviously we don't know if he'll ever come back. The thing with Conor is those are such different circumstances, though. Like He's made a bazillion dollars. Yeah. Tom Duquesne hasn't. You're right. And, and maybe that's a reason why he's leaving. Rose is also a different case, too, because I think she deals with like anxiety and stuff. And uh, it seemed like she was never fully committed either, in a way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, we could also say Ronda, when she f had her first loss, she And those left. are also special I'm just saying, I'm people are leaving before their, what we would consider retirement age. Mm -hmm. And there's something to be said about it, I think. M meanwhile, BJ Penn, Anderson Silva. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, guys like that are trying to fight till someone pushes them out. Right. Uh, so, yeah, let's go ahead and get in, get into picks for this weekend's card. I believe it's on ESPN Plus, yes. I think. ESPN Plus 10. Uh, main evented by Kevin Lee and Rafael Dos Anjos. We're picking four fights on this card. Not a very strong card, once again. Uh, especially now that Neil Magny's pulled out of the co-main event. But the first fight we're picking is Antonio Carlos Jr. versus Ian... Oof. Heinish? 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 We'll go with Heinish. Uh, Carlos Jr., the minus 185 favorite. Heinish, the plus 160 underdog. I'm going with uh, Antonio Carlos Jr., a.k.a. Shoeface. Uh, I feel like he probably just takes Heinish down gets a submission win here. And gets out of there with a W. I have. Where did my pick go? At the bottom. Oh, it's yeah. All right, I have Antonio Carlos J Jr. Yeah, I deleted the last letter, so I thought it was Junio. <laughs> <It's> Junio, <laughs> Antonio Carlos Junio. 
But uh, I have him. I think he wins using his jiu-jitsu. He has eight finishes by sub, so he's going to use the jiu-jitsu to a win. Word. Um, I also have Antonio Carlos Jr., much of the same reason. I don't know anything about Heinish, but the odds are close. So my guess is it'll be a close fight, but not a good fight. Charles Dubronx Oliveira is a minus 365 favorite against Nick Lenz, who is a plus 305 underdog. And as the odds are, I think this is a pretty easy one to pick. Charles Oliveira, the most submission wins in UFC history. He's up there in all-time amount of fights in the UFC. Uh, a lot of experience on Charles Oliveira's side. And Nick Lentz, I feel like, has never really shown anything all that great for as much as his name gets brought up. So I feel like Charles Oliveira, walk- Charles Oliveira walks away with a win here, too. Charles, he's a hot man right now. He's on a four-fight win streak, three-fight performance of the night. His physical appearance there. Three, three in a row for performance of the night. He's going to continue his streak. For a win streak, that is not necessarily performance of the night, although he could continue that as well. Good. Yeah, I see uh, Nick Lentz getting uh, submitted here. Price's boy, Nick Lentz. Yeah, I hate Nick Lentz. I, and I don't even – at some point I had a reason, but I lost it. But the hate is still there. Dubronx <laughs> Oliveira is going to get the sub. He's going to probably get another performance of the night. And Bougie and I were talking briefly before the podcast that Oliveira is going to run away with this sub record and have nothing to show for it in his career. Yeah, he's going to have the, he's, like you said, he's probably going to have a significant lead on the most submission wins in the UFC history record. And he's never going to get to championship level. He's already been around forever. Mm-hmm. He's still going to be around a while because he's not that old. And he's just like, he's not, there's nothing going to be like, this is, this is what it got him. He's just going to have that record. Yeah. And I, it might end up the same for Cowboy Cerrone someday, although Cowboy Cerrone's getting a lot out of it, a lot more out of his career than Charles Oliveira. Yeah, at least he's had title shots in the UFC. Right. Dubronx, the closest he went was fighting Anthony Pettis at 145. And he got fucked up. Yeah, he lost fe- at his own game. Yeah, by featherweight, to, to, to featherweight Anthony Pettis, which was not the best version of Anthony Pettis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aspen Lads, a minus 320 underdog against Saraja Eubanks. Uh, another pretty easy one to pick here as the odds show. I think Aspen Ladd walks away with a decision victory and a pretty snoozer of a fight. I have Aspen Ladd as well. Don't really know these guys, but he's on a two-fight win streak. She. She's on a, two- <laughs> <laughs> She's on a two-fight win streak. May- she may look like a he. I don't know. But I have her. She does not look like a he. Female. The name maybe. But, yeah, I have Aspen Ladd. I don't, also have Aspen. Don't recommend the name. More like Aspen Dad, right? 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 No. There's always that one. There's always one. Well, he said he was a guy. Yeah. And then it was a call, also a callback to the Yeah, joke. nobody I mean, laughed. Continue on. Continue yeah, no on. One, so, Aspen Dad. No one laughed the first time you said it. Aspen Dad. You're trying to make it something. It isn't. Yeah. You can find everything we do it. <laughs> <laughs> I also have Aspen Ladd, by the way. Uh, main event. Rafael Dos Anjos is a minus 105 underdog to Huff, or wait, No. No, he's a minus 115 favorite. Kevin Lee's minus 105 as an underdog. So basically a pick and fight in the main event. Uh, two fights ago, probably, I would have picked Kevin Lee to win this one. But then he fought Ally Quinta, and I lost all faith in Kevin Lee. We all know how much faith I, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows how much stock I put in Kevin Lee as much as it annoyed Brendan. Um, but I think Rafael Los Angeles wins this one. Kevin Lee has the talent to win this one. He has all the skills needed. I just don't trust him to put it together. 
I think he could take down take RDA down and submit him. I think he could knock him out. I just don't have faith that he does anymore. I think Rafael dos Santos leans on experience and championship experience at that. And I think he pulls out the W here against Kevin Lee. I'm favorite. in the completely opposite as Buju. Opposite boat as Buju. Um, I was never on the Kevin Lee train. Never thought he was that great. I didn't think he was what they thought he was. We saw different things, obviously. But I do have Kevin Lee in this fight. Whoa. RDA is not Whoa. as what he was. Never so. mind. It's not as surprising as I thought. I the hatred. It's not. A, it's not a hatred thing. I promise. Like he usually is. It is. But <laughs> it, I just got Kevin Lee. I think he's a better fighter. RDA is not what he was in years past. I do agree with that. Yeah, RDA is a guy that got dominated by Colby Covington and Kimura Usman in successive bouts, I think. Is that right? Or did, I know that they fought yeah. very closely because that was a... Excusable uh, losses, though. Yeah, but, I mean, he got dominated. Mm-hmm. Kevin Lee has a similar style to both of those guys. Very good wrestler. If he uses it. Yeah. And what I think he's going to do is actually use it, and I think he's going to get a decision victory. I got Kevin Lee in this one. What do you think, though, about uh, Kevin Lee saying he wants to make 165 and challenges RDA to do it to prove a point? If I was RDA, I'd be like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) I'm not got an extra five pounds. You can fuck off. Yeah. And, I mean... With Kevin Lee, he said he's walking around like a 180 now, so it's nothing for him to cut the extra five. But Do you think it's going to happen? I don't think the so. The 165-bound division, that is. If they do, they have to get rid of 170 to move it to 175. And th- that would change every... If the UFC does it, all other organizations should do it. At one point, at one time, I thought saw the argument for it. I guess I was... I, I supported the idea, but... It's just like you're gonna you're gonna throw off the 170 pound division, like you said. You got to bump it up to 175. Then, like, there's still gonna be guys in between. There's always gonna be an in between unless there's a fucking weight class every three pounds or something. Mm-hmm. Like, there's gonna be less of an in between. But I don't feel like there's enough guys right now that you have to have to make that change. Yeah, I think that because like Kevin Lee obviously is a guy that feels that he's in between. Mm-hmm. I think just go up to lightweight or welterweight you see how it worked for bobby knuckles right he won a strap you see how it worked for cowboy cerrone for a while mm-hmm. um kelvin kelvin that's a really good mm-hmm. point although kelvin i feel like if he would slim down he could probably fight a lightweight yeah, it's chunky boy yeah <laughs> um but i mean there's guys where if you i mean you could say dc he wasn't yeah. really having issues but he went back up and he's undefeated at heavyweight mm-hmm. there's been so many guys that move up in weight class and have plenty of success. If you feel like you can't make 155, don't fight at it. Right. See, I'm not opposed to the idea if it happens, it happens. It's just like... It throws off a lot because you can't have a 165 and a 170. Yeah. Where does Cameron Usman fall? You know what I mean? Like, Tyron Woodley's almost a fucking middleweight. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It just throws... And then you're taking away from the 185-pound division, too, because then you're going to have guys that are going to jump down to 175. Exactly. So, I don't know. It just it creates a mess that's not really necessary right now. If there were more guys in between there, like Pettis would m- maybe benefit, Nate Diaz would maybe benefit, but I don't know. It's just a big change to make for a few guys. Yeah, I agree. It's always been this way. It's never been a problem until the last like two years, maybe. And I think the biggest argument is that in the UFC, at least, you can build a legitimate 155, 165, and 175 pound division. Yeah, but also the like. Granted, there's got are, there's built in guys that would make that jump, 
But you also look at women's 125, women's 145, and men's 125. You see, when you start a new division, it's Brendan, you're, that's all coming through the microphone. But what, if you start a new division, like it takes time to build that division. There's nobody at women's 145 pounds right now. There's, I, granted, this is partly the UFC's fault, but there's not a lot left at men's 125 either. Like, yeah. Divisions are thin when you first start them. This would be this would be a little bit different of a case, but it would be thick. Wow, <laughs> payback's a bitch. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh that whole time, um, but I I think that it would hurt, like you said, one eighty five because one seventy five would take guys. I think Israel Adesanya would fight at one seventy five if that was a weight class. I mean, that's very possible. He's a, he's a uh, he's a small. Like, where does he lose the weight though? You know what I mean? He's already so scrawny. It, I think he only weighed in like at 183 in Did either he? this fight or the Anderson fight. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I feel like uh, if he can cut just an extra pound, probably not even really trying for this weight cut, he could probably try it. But I agree that I don't think that it's necessary. Just fight it welterweight if that's what you want to do. There's a reason that these 15 pounds exist. Anything more in MMA? The arts of the mixed martial variety. Um, Conor McGregor, Abu Dhabi. Probably not. I mean, probably. Thoughts on the NBA playoffs? You guys' prediction about... Sad boys. Celtics and winning the series. I feel like both games go to seven, maybe. Both conference finals, you mean? Yeah. I could see that. The... I, I, I just don't feel... I don't have all that much faith in the Blazers to beat the Warriors. If I honestly, if I'm the Warriors, I rest Durant until we lose. He's out game one and two. Yeah, I sit him until you get a loss. Until they lose game one. And then lose. Game I, two? I think they're gonna lose game one, but that I think they're gonna win in six. I seen something on Facebook that says if Damian Lillard plays like he did in OK the OKC series, and McCollum plays the way he did in Game Seven, and the the supporting cast plays amazing, Warriors win in four. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, where's he going with this? If everybody plays perfect, they win, yeah. But, yeah. Like, I felt like this was the most susceptible we've seen the Warriors, even though it's probably the best team they've had, weirdly. Yeah. It's because they have two starters that aren't playing. But even still, I I think they win the series in six max, but I would predict five if I had to predict. I think think I have Warriors in six and then Bucks in six or seven. Yeah. And I think we're, like, I think these Bucks might be – a historically dominant team in the East, and we don't even realize it yet. You know what I mean? Like, I think they're really good. They impressed me by how they yeah they disposed the of the Celtics in five. Which but is crazy beating Kawhi, Kawhi's been Kawhi's been fucking filthy in the mm-hmm. playoffs. So that's a that's a tough matchup. Yeah, and I mean Kawhi showed emotion. That it's game over. Yeah, unless he spent all <laughs> his emotion <laughs> for the year again in Game Seven, it's game over. I w- right now I'm picking the Raptors in seven. It's kind of crazy that fucking. Uh, they've got the Raptors have gotten this far with the supporting cast that Kawhi has, like 2019 Serge Ibaka. You yeah. know what I mean? And I wonder, like, if they're going to like stay traditional with like how the guarding positions are going to go, or you're going to have your best defender against uh, uh, Giannis. Well, I mean, Kawhi is a three. That's what Giannis is. He's their best defender. It works. Giannis out. is not a shooting guard. He- He's a, three, a small, small forward. forward. That's just, literally his position. He's a small forward. Have you ever played I mean, 2K? He is, but 
Basketball is kind of a positionless it, it, it game is, at this point. It is, but Kawhi is probably guarding Giannis. Yeah, I would assume Kawhi and Giannis are going to be paired up. Giannis is a fucking small forward. Yeah. That's wild. I'm technically, but also, no. You know what I mean? I mean, him he's and Middleton kind of, are he's, three and four. He's They're kind forwards. of everything in between a shooting guard and a power forward, really, Giannis. He can he's, he can play every position. Yeah, height wise, he's like he's like seven foot. His yeah, body nickname, wise, he's a center. His nickname is fitting because he's a legitimate freak. Yeah, and he's it's crazy. He's a crazy athletic, and he can do literally everything. Like uh, LeBron is obviously a, a, in that same category, but as he ages, he's not quite the same LeBron anymore. And you still have uh, uh, Kevin Durant in the same league, who's a freak in his own right. He's just but not an athletic freak. The stuff that, that boy's skinny. The stuff that Giannis can do is unbelievable. The, what he did in the Celtics series was unbelievable. Like, think of that Celtics roster, and Giannis and the Bucks put those that team out in five. Yeah, and also one thing that I thought was most impressive about that series, Giannis didn't have to put in any superhuman games. No, I mean he just kind of, I mean he quietly dominated. Yeah, he just did what he did all season. Granted, the Celtics didn't play the best series, so some of the blame goes there, but still. Like I think, that's not looking good for the Celtics. It's uh, not. No. I th- Kyrie's gone. I think. And Terry wants out. Well, I think, I think Terry, Terry wants out because of Kyrie. So yeah. if Kyrie's gone, Terry's. I saw be what happy. he said on first take or whatever today, and that's not a great comment. Where you're saying the coaches treated Kyrie and Gordon Hayward different than the rest of the team. Not a great look. I don't doubt it at all because I mean, yeah. uh, Stevens coached Hayward, and then uh, Kyrie is. That's kind of Kyrie's fault though, because Kyrie was acting like a diva towards the beginning, middle of the season. He changed towards the end of the season, middle and. I mean, he he was a little better towards the end of the season. But, I mean, he was very much a prima donna for a lot of the season. Yeah. He wasn't the leader that they were hoping he was. Like, he, I think he thought he was, but he was being LeBron in Cleveland. He was being what he hated. Mm-hmm. I got Stephen A. had sources saying that. He talked to, like, family and friends saying there's no chance in hell that he goes to L.A. And it's looking pretty fucking likely that's going to New York. Kyrie? Yeah. That's a if he, I just, if he goes to New York, he better go to the Nets. The Knicks are a... a I mean, but if Zion is the number one pick, and then you got Zion, and then Kyrie, and then you can get fucking KD. The Knicks squad. I'm rooting so hard against the fucking Knicks right now because they're acting like it's a foregone conclusion that they're getting the number one pick tonight. We're recording this on Monday, Um, and they have a 14% chance. Like, there's an 86% chance you're not getting the first pick. Mm -hmm. But also, they have the best odds with two other teams. Hopefully, goes to the Bulls. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I'm not a fan of the Bulls. Uh, I want the Bulls. I just kind of support the Bulls because they're our Chicago team, and I'm a fan of the rest of the Chicago teams that matter. <laughs> wink, wink. Fuck the White Sox. But uh, yeah, uh, I it'd be cool to see him go to the Bulls. Um, but if the Knicks, same token, if they end up with John Morant or uh, other Duke guy, what's his name? Uh, R.J. Barrett. Yeah, if they end up with one of those two, I mean that's a pretty good fucking takeaway too. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong, but if they get R.J. Barrett, they or they lost. or they end up with Cam Reddish and everybody's bums. <laughs> <laughs> if they get R.J. Barrett though, out of those three, they lost. Yeah, because he's definitely the worst. I mean, it's very obvious who everyone wants. Uh, there's the number one pick is absolutely set in stone. Like yes. whoever wins the lottery tonight, Zion might as well just fly there now. Yeah, Be- but uh, Knicks fans act like it's a foregone conclusion that they they have Zion and that all. They've been also kind of been acting like it's a foregone conclusion. They're getting Kyrie and KD. Yeah, they're acting like they're going to be like in the Eastern Conference Finals next season. KD's not going to New York. Do you think uh, the more the farther or the closer we get to free agency, the more I think Kyrie leaves Boston and the less I think KD leaves Golden State? 
if I mean if he doesn't leave Golden State, that's because Draymond does. I think he's tired of Draymond. I kind of think. I think the whole team. This is, dude but. loves winning fucking rings, and he loves being the best. Play- no matter where he goes, he's gonna be the best player. The so. thing to me is the only reason I see him leaving is, I think. I think it was him to go being for called his legacy. Yeah, I think he wants to show he can go do it somewhere. Like he, I don't. Golden State might not win these two, maybe three championships without him, but I think he wants to go somewhere and show that I was the guy here mm-hmm. and I won them a championship. Yeah, because he is a sensitive boy. He's very sensitive, which he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be at all. But I mean, yeah, I'm, he's one of the best players ever. Yeah. Um, it and even if he goes to New York. I think it strengthens the fact that he'd be his team because of how Kyrie was in this playoffs. But even then, if he ends up in New York and they, it's fucking KD, Kyrie, and maybe Zion, then it's like... Kyrie's going back to what he said he wanted to leave fucking Cleveland for. Yeah, and... He's going to be the second fiddle. KD's leaving a super team for a super team then. But I mean, was, in I his eyes, know. he would put it together. Anyone that, like... I, don't, I would never consider the Knicks a super team. I would consider them a team with the big three. But with Kyrie, KD, and Zion, that's they not don't a super they don't go team. to the finals. I don't think. No, they wouldn't. Not. Uh, it depends. Weak ass bench, fucking it, rest of the fucking starting lineup. And the thing is, Nick's ownership is still Nick's ownership. They're the worst front office in in the NBA for sure, and maybe fucking professional sports. Like yeah. that's a dumpster fire of an organization. They're going to fuck it up. Uh, Kyrie might end up going there if there's inside sources saying he might or whatever. But it's still the Knicks, and I just feel like they fuck it up. They're not getting KD. I hope they don't get the number one pick, and I feel like they'd still fuck up if they had a chance to get Kyrie. Yeah, I think that they're no matter the what, they're not gonna do well. As Celtics fan, you say it's not looking good. Like obviously, it looks like Kyrie's probably gone, and Terry's unhappy, obviously. But do you think that Kyrie leaving solves some of that? I would if I would have Kyrie leave in a heartbeat if we play like we did last year compared to this year. Because if we play like we did last year, we could have. We probably. We, we could have won that series if yeah. we played. should have won that series. Yeah. Because you have the people that are on the bench this series compared to last year starting, and they were playing the fucking asses off. Like Mark, Marcus not Marcus Smart and fucking – because Marcus Smart played bad in the one or two games that he played, and mm-hmm. fucking Terry Rozier. Everybody was playing bad, but those, te- those players were playing really good last year. Despite- and, I mean, for Smart, I don't necessarily expect a guy to come off of an oblique injury and play like a monster. True. Do you trust leaving the team in – Terry's hands? Yeah. It wouldn't, uh, no, the team wouldn't be necessarily it, it his team. It would be in Tatum's hands. But I mean, Terry taking over for Kyrie. Yeah, I would Kyrie. 100% be okay with that. He's more than capable. Yeah, it's be- like he's a starter almost anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, unless they have a star point guard. Right. It'd be nice if we got fucking uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis and Horford in the fucking. I feel like somebody's trading. I feel like somebody's about to trade a lottery pick for Anthony Davis. I feel like. Or that's they trade go. Zion. Cause that's what, yeah. What are you saying? Whoever gets the number one pick might trade that for Anthony Davis. Oh, I don't know if it, I think whoever gets the number one pick is taking Zion. Like I could see the two or three being traded for Anthony Davis. Maybe, but do you feel like John Morant is good in the NBA? I think he's going to be a Russell Westbrook type. I think that's his closest comparison. That's a good comparison, but I don't know if he's going to. In what way? In the fact that he's going to give you a hundred percent effort, and I could see him being. A but, guy to put up monster numbers. But, but not the guy that's going to... I don't think he's, he's going to be, be the guy. best guy on a championship winning team. I could, I that's see. how people always like to talk about players. I, I think his peak or his ceiling is going to be like a Booker from the Suns. I could see that too. This, but this, Book is a monster. He's just in Phoenix with 
absolute garbage. Them right. ending up with Zion would be. I mean, or Ja Morant. Ja Morant would probably be better. For uh, to me, John ja Morant, and this might be a dumb take for me and a dumb way to look at it anyway, is John ja Morant just playing for Murray State. I, it hurts his perception. I know it's wrong because Steph Curry played at Davidson. And also what he did in the tournament. Right. It's just, I don't it, it always hurts the stock when you play at fucking Murray State. I just always feel like there's a reason you're playing at Murray State, which is dumb for me because I also hate when a Zion goes to Duke. Like, grow, a, fu- grow fucking grow a pair, go to Kansas State or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyways, I think that wraps up NBA talk this week. This seems to be a weekly thing. Grand, we're in the playoffs, so yeah. fuck them. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Anything big? Cubs are back. Um, <laughs> Cubs are back. I, I don't have a – I mean, I technically have a baseball affiliation, but until the White Sox are good, I don't care about them. Does prom I've seen up? like five full counts, which is Cubs baseball. And one full that. and one full count was a base hit, so Cubs are back. Does Prom live up to the pr- hype that Prom gets, Brendan? I feel like Prom Ma- majority is- would say no, but it being my first time and all that. What about your second time? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the next day, <laughs> we we don't we don't count that. But okay. the first time, I it's definitely not what it's hyped up to be. But I'm 100 percent satisfied with it. At the same right. Time. It's it just kind of fun, even though it might not necessarily be like. The the greatest thing in the world is just kind of a moment of your teenage life. You know what I mean? Yeah, Something you have it's to experience. Definitely memories. It's the whole day is awesome. You you get to miss school. Well, me for me for it's Friday, so you get to miss school, to dress up, take pictures, look nice, and then you get to dance with your friends, spend time with your friends. It's awesome night. Eat. Oh, it's my day. <laughs> That's your day. <laughs> Speaking of eating, we're gonna wrap this podcast up so we can go eat some wings. But you can check everything we do at UntitledMMA.com, Fighter Spotlights, Fight Previews, Picks, the podcast. We've been neglecting on posting lately, I will admit it. We're going to get better. Yes. We are going to at least post twice a week. Yes. And then we're going to try to do every day during a pay-per-view week. Got to get back on our game because we've definitely been sliding. Yeah. But But your your boy is no longer a college kid but a full-time intern. Intern? Intern. Is Is that what you've always done? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, and you can follow us on social media at Untitled MMA on Twitter and Instagram, Untitled MMA on Facebook. You can listen, download, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, anywhere there's podcasts, you can listen to this one there. Except Spotify. Why do you bring it up? Because you said anywhere. I just don't want the people to get false hope. <laughs> uh, threw me off. Uh, the easiest way to help the show, if you're a fan, rate, review, subscribe, give us some constructive criticism, some positive feedback, whatever you may have. It's always appreciated when you do, and it's the easiest way to help the show. So do us a favor. Do that for us. Bryce, you look gorgeous today. Brendan, you also look gorgeous today. Please return the compliment. Booju, you look good. Your hair is at an all-time peak. Oh, really? Yeah. Is I would honest? say that. It, it is looking good. Yes. Is that a low bar? To- <laughs> no, that Get Rid of the Grandma Cut was the best move you could have ever made. All right. Yeah. I'm feeling good now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Was that better than me saying you look good? Yeah, because that, that felt empty. <laughs> Because then you said we look gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of by design. Um, but if you have any questions oh, for yeah, the podcast, part. use the hashtag AskUntitled on Twitter. I didn't shoot out a tweet today because uh, I was a busy boy after work before we were recording this on Monday evening. Um, but, yeah, use the hashtag AskUntitled or you could DM us or add us on any of our social media platforms that Bougie's already mentioned. Also, Neil Magny failed the drug test. Just got that notification. Breaking news. Yeah. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. 
coin flip has settled. Dell's representing Steph, and Sonia is representing Seth. And you just heard that in the background. All right, Bryce, hit him with it. Oh, it's a wrap.